Yo, my name is Richie Marufo of the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series, a.k.a. BWAMS, and you're listening to the El Paso Creatives Podcast Show. Without further ado, here's the show. Hello, everyone. My name is uh, Raul III. I'm super excited to be here today on the El Paso Creatives Podcast. So Awesome, Raul. Thank you so much for being on here. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be on the show and everything, too. Um, from the moment I saw your book, The Stunt Boy, I was just amazed by the artwork on it. I know you illustrated anything like that. So like I, like I told you before, the show reminds me of like the Captain Underpants type of thing. So it, that was one of my favorite books. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be an exciting book to talk about. But just get my quick, quick introduction. Hey, guys, my name is Isaac Hernandez. I'm your host for the Past Creators Podcast Show. And Raul, just so we can get started, why don't you just give everybody who's listening kind of like uh, a quick two, three minute maybe background of who you are and what you do so that they kind of know a little bit about what we're talking about. Yeah. So um, my name is Raul III, as I've already said. I was born and raised in El Paso, uh, born 1976, but I was raised in both cities, both El Paso and Juarez, which I'm sure you guys are pretty familiar with out there. Absolutely. Uh, if, you ever, if you were ever curious, you could head out to the Mercado Cuauhtémoc and meet a bunch of my family members. They have uh, puestos there at the Mercado. But anyways, I was born in El Paso, uh, raised in both cities, and today I am a, an author and an illustrator, as well as a television producer, and I have been an, a professional artist uh, almost uh, from the moment I came to the Boston area, which is where I now live. I live in Boston, Massachusetts. I've lived here since 2001. And during my time here, I have uh, done everything from design flyers and rock and roll posters to uh, community projects such as mural painting. Um, I've uh, been a, I was a teacher at the Museum of Fine Arts and the SMFA for around 12 years. And today, I primarily just spend my time writing uh, books for kids or illustrating books for kids that I co-create with my creative partners. That would be Kathy Camper, Matt Ringler, and most recently uh, award-winning author, uh, Jason Reynolds. And I am also in the process of uh, turning my World of Amos uh, book series into a television show with the amazing folks at Silvergate Media. That is awesome. That's very cool to hear. And you know, my first question would kind of be, what really, I guess, got you sparked into wanting to do it? Is this something that you've always wanted to do since you were little or things like that? Like what really got you to, to do this from a young age? And especially coming from El Paso, how did El Paso have an influence on the it? Yeah, so um, for as far back as I can remember, I've wanted to, to be an artist. Uh, I think, you know, early on, my, my, my dad uh, uh, noticed that I was really good at coloring within the lines, you know? Uh, he would buy me those uh, paint by number. Back, back in the day, back in the 70s or 80s, early 80s, they would sell these paint by number sets and they would have like cartoon characters on them. One that he kept, I think, had Lucy from the Peanuts gang on yeah. it. And he, uh, for whatever reason, was super impressed that I could paint 
without having any of the paint leak over to the other side. And so um, that's crazy. I was a horrible artist. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he signed me up at a young age uh, to uh, art class. I don't remember taking this class, but an art class at the Museum of Art in El Paso, which at that point was in on Montana Street. It wasn't the big, big one that's in downtown now. And uh, the teachers there called me Little Picasso. So uh, maybe I should, I should uh, readapt that nickname for myself, Little Picasso. That'd be yeah, well, name. looking at your work in your background, I mean, I could see a little Picasso there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, there was that. Uh, there was that. And uh, you know how it goes when I think sometimes people will say, hey, you're, you would be a good artist. And, and it sticks in your head. And you're like, hey, maybe I would be a good artist. And as it happened, um, I don't know, I, as a kid, I also loved cartoons. You know, I loved uh, watching, there was this old uh, guy on uh, this, uh, this guy in Juarez. It was like a Juarez cable access TV show or public TV show. His name was Nico Lico. And Nico Lico was like this, uh, this wrestle, this clown, but he had a wrestling mask on and a red nose and like a red derby and a, and a glittery red suit. Yeah. And he would introduce us to like, like kind of like, uh, like uh, Krusty the Clown on The Simpsons. He would yeah. introduce a cartoon, and I used to love watching those cartoons. And I got into the habit of copying images from the cartoon shows onto sheets of paper. And then, uh, when I was a teenager, I'm about 12, 13 years old, I discovered the art form that convinced me that I wanted to become a, an artist. And I discovered it at the 7-Eleven, uh, right on Shadow Mountain, which is where I lived. I lived in a, a village two apartments on Shadow Mountain on the west side of El Paso. And I discovered comic books there. And uh, I started to, I became obsessed with anything having to do with, with, with comic books, both the writing and the illustration. And I started to do what anybody who wants to become a good artist should do is copying all of your favorite artists. And I copied them all, everything from uh, Sam Keith to Todd McFarlane, Jim Aparo. Um, and I knew them all by name. I knew who their inkers were. And before long, I had thousands of pages uh, that I had copied. And uh, I guess that's how, that's really how I, I started to uh, form uh, early on myself yeah. as an artist. And what, what techniques from like all those artists that you were learning from everything, what did you really get out of like, what's one unique thing that you got out of all of them that you kind of implemented in yourself? Well, I would say that um, there was uh, today, my, my artwork is incredibly dynamic. It's filled with details, you know, interesting details. Um, and also my, my work, uh, just, uh, it seems to, uh, really capture the imagination of both kids and adults. There is, people tell me that, man, I feel like your work has always existed. Like I know these characters from way back. And I think it's because my, my universes that I, that I either help to create or create on my own 
are rooted um, not just in the language of, of cartooning, but also in uh, the culture that I was surrounded by. Um, so yeah, that's that's one thing. But when I was a kid, you know, I'm looking at my 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 coffee tin here, which is where I keep all my pens, my cafe bustelo tin. Awesome. Um, I I the only pens that I knew how to draw with were these here. So like I would look at a comic book, right? And it looked like they were drawn with ink. So I, I would draw with big ballpoint pens because as you know, in El Paso, there's not really art supply stores, right? There's like maybe one in town. There's that really cool spot that sells uh, um, spray paint in downtown El Paso. It's like 95, something like that, like 95 brand or something like that? Yeah, that's a cool spot like I discovered when I uh, when I was visiting. But back then there was nothing. So big pens were the pens to use. And so I learned all of these interesting inking techniques using a big ballpoint pen. I could, I could try to, I, I learned later that they use like brushes and like technical pens, but I learned how to create all of those techniques with my big ballpoint pen. And so one of my very first books that I published, uh, this was written by my friend, Kathy Camper, uh, was this book right here, Little Writers in Space. This book came out about seven years ago. Uh, it was a Texas Blue Bonnet nominee. It was followed by uh, Low Riders to the Center of the Earth, which was uh, won the Pura Belpre Award. And the last one that came out was this one here, Low Riders Blast from the Past. And what's cool about these is that I drew, <clears throat> I'll show you one of the images from this book because I love this book. This was a fun book to draw. I drew this book using nothing but big ballpoint pens. So the entire series, I illustrated it using just big ballpoint pens. And um, wow. one of the reasons why I did that, Isaac, is because um, when I was, when I was a kid, you know, my parents didn't have a lot of money and they couldn't have afforded, uh, crazy art supplies, you know, uh, plus they didn't, e they didn't even know that there was such a thing as, as, uh, crazy art supplies, like, right. uh, non-archival, archival paper or, uh, um, India ink or sable brushes. Like that wasn't in our vocabulary. But what I love about comic books is that one, you can discover an amazing art form and different drawing techniques at the 7-Eleven. So that was my art museum. And two, you could try drawing them with a big ballpoint pen. And so when I decided to draw these books with a big ballpoint pen, I did it. So that little kids, wherever I visit, wherever I visit them, uh, could understand that you don't need fancy schmancy art materials to become right. an artist. That's the exactly other question need, I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah. All that you need are the materials you might already have on your desk, whether it's a, whether it's a Ticonderoga number two pencil or a big ballpoint pen. You can start. Uh, putting your ideas down on paper. 
Absolutely. And that, that, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's something I was going to ask you. A lot of people think that they need the most like expensive tools, you know, especially like music producers. They think they need the most expensive, like, you know, mixers, things like that. Artists think they need the most expensive brush, brain paints. But in reality, look what you did with the ballpoint pen, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, I designed, I uh, drew three award winning books with a big ballpoint pen. And uh, it was it was it was awesome. You know, yeah. and I learned how to draw with big ballpoint pens absolutely yeah and and so the other thing i kind of wanted to ask you too is aside from i guess all the materialistic stuff i also want to talk about kind of the mental toll it takes on an artist and so with that i want to ask about like how do you go about i know probably when you were growing up you had you had your support system right you were your, your parents supported you your family everything like that did they ever support you and things like that with what you were doing as an artist um well you know it's funny because uh they they knew that i was obsessed with with drawing but Here's the thing about being an artist, especially being a, a person of color uh, uh, growing up in the United States, right? Uh, one, when we're when I was a kid, it's 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 changed just a little bit since I was a kid, but there weren't all that many uh, illustrators or authors uh, that were like me and my family out there who had become successful. And when you don't see yourself reflected in, in the bookshelves or on television or in the movies, in the comic books, uh, your parents might not think that it's possible for you to become a success in that field because they don't, they don't know a tío or a tía, you know, or who has, who has succeeded. And so while my parents were successful, they were also a little worried for me, you know, understandably so. They were worried that uh, I was going to become like some sort of uh, failure, you know. But once I was a very stubborn young man, I will say that about myself. And I started to uh, basically ignore like backup plans, like, well, maybe you should have a backup plan. And I wasn't really about backup plans. I don't like them. I knew I wanted to be an artist and I put my foot down and I started to really take seriously how I could make a career for myself in the arts. And uh, I remember one of the first things that I did uh, was I got a job at a comic book store that was on Mesa Street. The name of that shop was Bills, Coins, Cards, Stamps, and Comic Books. Looking at you, Isaac, I could tell that this shop was open way before your time. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, there was a Radio Shack right next to this shop, you know? I remember uh, the Radio Shacks, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Radio Shack is long gone now, but Bill was amazing. Bill Quarles was his name. He he saw how how big of a fan I was, and at the age of 15, he gave me my my first job. And uh, basically, I... He was a pack rat, so he had like comic books from way back, all sorts of comics, everything from superhero books to in, indie comics, and uh, as well as a trade magazines. So I would take these home and I would read them, and I found out uh, as much as I could 
about the industry. I found out that there was such a thing as editors and different publishers. I found out that there were conventions in places like San Diego where I could go uh, and uh, show, share my portfolio with professionals and that they would give me feedback. And so I started to develop my own portfolio. And at the age of, uh, I think, 15 or 16 years old, uh, I caught a bus called Rapidos Turismos, which you could catch out of uh, downtown El Paso. And that bus would take me to Los Angeles. And I started going to the San Diego comic book convention. I think the first time I went was in 1991 or 1992. And uh, at that age, I started showing my, my work to real professional artists. You know, I even shook Stan Lee's hand, if you can believe that, way back in the 90s. And this was before the, the Marvel movie craze. And uh, even though they never gave me a job, uh, they gave me a lot of professional advice. And I started to meet people uh, who were also trying to make it in the industry. And I made some lifelong friendships that way. Yeah, so. And, and I think that that's very interesting to touch on because you look at, you know, you shook Stanley's hand, you know, you've talked to all these people, you work with Jason Reynolds. Now you look back at it and you're like, you kind of have that like, just moment of like, you know, it was tough for you, right? But now you look back, what goes on in your head when you look back and you're like, where you came from and where you're at right now? Well, you know, I, I have looked back on it and, uh, you know, now... I've accomplished pretty much every single one of, of my dreams, you know? Um, I'm a published author. I'm developing a television series. Uh, I work with, uh, you know, the, the best writers in the, in the business. And when I look back on it and I think of everything that I've done to make it to the point where I am today, I often, I often think if I had to do it, do that exact same thing starting today, there's no way I would be able to, to uh, muster up the energy that I needed to uh, make all of the connections that were necessary for me to, to, to make it. Yeah. And my number one question would probably be right now, like, and I, I thought this was an interesting question to start asking the guest is what is the term success for you? How do, what does the term success mean to you specifically as an artist and a creative? What does the term, the, the, the term, well, uh, that's a, that's a great question. It, it meant different things um, along the way, you know, the term success uh, has varied definitions. Um, and every one of those little milestones that I met along the way, I consider to be a success. Um, you know, one of the first ones was, um, I would say, that one of the first things was going to the San Diego Comic Book Convention, you know, and being in the world that I imagined that uh, myself in and that I wanted to be a part of. And just the simple fact that I took the initiative to 
ride the bus out there uh, and to work on a portfolio at the age of 15 to be, uh, I guess, brave enough to share that very amateur work with a professional artists, that was, that was successful. You know, that was, that was a moment of success. Um, when I moved here to the Boston area um, and I was invited to draw a flyer for a dance troupe and they gave me $25 to do it. I was so proud and happy about that. And that was success. So I would say for all of those up and coming artists out there that uh, your success begins with you creating the work, taking the time and the dedication to make it, that's, you should be very proud of that. Um, taking the time to actually show it to people, that takes a lot of courage, right? So you should consider that to be another milestone. So your success should be measured by all of the little things that you do along the way to get you to wherever it is that you end up, you know? And, and how did you deal with the whole, I guess, both, both negative and positive feedback? How did you kind of get, get that and implement it in yourself? But how did you deal with all that? <clears throat> well, I know early on, uh, you know, I thought I was going to hit it big as a teenager. I would go to the San Diego Comic-Con with a full intent of getting hired and leaving El Paso and dropping out of high school and being, yeah, I'm an artist now. Um, but they would always send me back home and they would send me back with words of encouragement. Uh, and so how did I deal with little setbacks or, or with not accomplishing the, uh, the end result that I dreamed about? Well, I dealt with it by, by simply just getting back to work, you know? But I would also say that um, my success as an artist has come from also understanding and being knowledgeable about what other people were doing who were successful. And so as a young kid, I always modeled my life and my art on those who I admired or those people who were my heroes. And I tried to follow in their footsteps. And so that included, uh, I always knew, you know, like, oh, I need to make, get my art to this level, right? Or I need to be able to produce this much artwork per month to be a professional artist. Uh, and so I was always trying to just meet those, uh, those goals for myself. And, and what setbacks did you have that you learned from as far as like maybe mistakes, but also maybe also sacrifices that you had to make in order to keep going? Maybe things that like you, there were tough decisions for you to make, but you're glad that you made them? Well, I guess, you know, one of the toughest, uh, 
one, I've uh, I've been really lucky in that I, I I've uh, I've I, I've uh, been living with the love of my life now for a few decades. Her name is uh, Elaine Bay, and Elaine is uh, uh, an, an amazing artist. Um, she came up to the Boston area uh, to 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 get her master's uh, at Tufts University. And um, she is also uh, my, my creative partner on these books here, Vamos, the Vamos series. We started our, uh, our collaborative efforts in, uh, in books with this series. This is a SpongeBob comics. I was hired to do short stories in, in this series and Elaine uh, was just such an amazing colorist that um, we carried that on to, to, uh, to children's publishing. Um, but what would be the sacrifices? I would say, I don't know, you know, like I love what I do, you know? Um, I love uh, creating stories and, and, uh, and drawing, um, I I would say I, I wouldn't I wouldn't really say that I've uh, sacrificed much because I've I've I I've known since a young kid that I wanted to be an artist and come hell or high water I uh, I took all of the what I felt were the necessary steps to. To, to become an artist, maybe leaving El Paso, you know, and not spending as much time with my family uh, over the past 20 years. That, that's definitely a sacrifice, right? Um, and setbacks, um, creative setbacks. Well, here's the thing. Um, since I've been in the Boston area, I have uh been involved in various artistic communities and i've just been having a great time making art and you know i wasn't always paid for it but i had a fun time uh with my artist collective the miracle five making art exhibits for coffee shops creating self-published zines and so over the past 20 years that I've been in Boston, I've kept myself incredibly busy and all of these little projects that I've, uh, I've uh, been a part of have uh, been very fulfilling to me. Um, so it's hard for me to really think that I've had setbacks because every step along the way has been fun and exciting and challenging. Absolutely. And, and the year of the pandemic last year, 2020, did that have any like type of like reroute for you? Like, did anything change with that? Well, you know, I'm really lucky again, you know, my, my, uh, I've, I've worked from home for nearly a decade now. And so I kind of stayed at home <laughs> and continued to yeah. draw books. And last year, I think I illustrated nearly six books. So, and I signed my first television deal. 
And so I had an incredibly successful year, but um, that's not to say that it wasn't difficult because it was very difficult and it was difficult for the entire country, you know? Um, there's a lot, there was a lot of, a lot of uh, sadness and uh, tragedies happening from, you know, 700,000 people dead from COVID to a president who was lying through his teeth for uh, his entire presidency. So all of that, of course, uh, finds its way into your psyche as you're creating artwork. Right. And so also, how do you see the, the whole creative industry and the whole artistic industry kind of move forward within the next five, 10 years, especially maybe even the digital technology that we're living in now? That's a difficult question because um, the, the art, you, 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 what did you, what was the question? The art, what? Like, where do you see the art community or the, the creative industry kind of move forward within the next like five years or so, especially like in the digital age? Yeah, I don't, I, you know, that's a, that's a difficult question to ask because the art, there's so many different types of art communities, you know, um, and, and really they're all kind of separate to each other. Uh, I have focused my past six years on creating books. Um, and I think, I think currently, um, we're in a, in a tough time, especially uh, those of us who are people of color, those of us who, uh, those communities who belong to uh, the LGBTQ communities in books, uh, they are, the, the right wing is finding ways to uh, pull books from these communities off of the shelf. They're uh, censoring them. So I think that we have to be brave and uh, continue to tell our stories, continue to write and draw stories about who we are, where we're from, um, to, um, and also to voice our, cons uh, uh, voice our anger in the fact that our books are, are being pulled from shelves in a very unjust way. So, um, and as far as technology, I would say that uh, use whatever tool makes you most comfortable using, you know, you know, today I was drawing this page on a, in a sketchbook, just having a fun time illustrating this, this page. But yesterday, I was, uh, I was having a fun time designing a beer label for Aeronaut Brewing Company on my iPad. So uh, yeah. technology, pen and paper, um, it's just a, 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 a means to the end of how you're going to create your artwork. So just have a fun time making it however best makes you happy and now now let's talk about your your brand new project the stumboy i want to hear everything about you know your vision behind that and everything and why you created it things like that yeah well um so this was a fun book this was a, an incredibly fun book to to illustrate uh, before i start though I'd, I'd like to start with um a book that i did 
as I receive the call to to make this book. If that's okay with you, Isaac. Yeah, of course. Go for so it. I started uh, the Vamo series. I'm going to share my screen right now. Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> So when I was, when, when Jason Reynolds gave me a call to um, work with him on Stunt Boy, I was in the process of finishing this project right here. This is Vamos, Let's Cross the Bridge. What I love about this series is that it takes place in a version of El Paso I see. and Juarez. That's cool. Uh, so I was working on this book here and I wanted to make a book all about uh, crossing the bridge. What it was like for me. And by the way, these, these pages are colored by Elaine Bay. As you can see, Elaine Bay is a master colorist. She takes these incredibly complex images and just finds a beautiful way to balance all of those colors without it being overwhelming. And everywhere you look, it has like, perfect detail which is pretty cool well thank you yeah so um i wanted to make a book about uh the bridge and the that memory that a lot of us who grew up going to juarez have which is getting stuck on the bridge you ever experienced that isaac all the time every time i go man i've been stuck at the bridge one time for like eight hours i'm not even kidding <laughs> yeah so this book is all about getting stuck on the bridge and, and finding a way to entertain yourself while stuck on the bridge. But as you can see, Isaac, I love El Paso and I love Juarez so much that I fill these books with all kinds of little details that are in a way my love letter to my hometown. You'll see uh, details on buildings like the Gaspar building, uh, Gaspar, is one of the best artists who ever, whoever, who has ever come from El Paso. He lives in San Eli. The first time that I saw a portrait uh, drawn by Gaspar, it, it, it gave me so much inspiration because he was a guy who was drawing people who looked like my, my tío and tía, and they were hanging at the museum. There's a Selena, there's the Waterburger, there's the X. Right. So all sorts of fun stuff, you know. I want to make books that people from the border, people from the frontera, people from El Paso and Texas can be proud of. Books that they can see themselves in. Books that little kids reading these books in their classroom can look at and immediately understand that these books are for them, you know? Right, so, absolutely. Yeah, so these are, this is the book that I was creating. It's the third book in the series. The first one is Vamos, Let's Go to the Market, which is this one right here. And this one is all about the Mercado Cuauhtémoc, where I grew up, because that's where my, my, uh, my family worked and then the second one is all uh, all about the amazing food that we eat you know so vamos let's go eat is all and it about is the amazing food. food just to let everybody know the food <laughs> yeah you know we uh el paso and juarez it's the birthplace of burritos 
Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, burritos were invented there. It's also for those of you who might walk across the bridge to go drink. It's also the place where margaritas were invented at the at the Kentucky. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which is pretty cool. So yeah, uh, there's all sorts of great food and and uh, stuff like that there. I'm just amazed, like the the amount of like just detail everywhere on every page and like everything that's going on has its own little story going on inside of every page. It's it's amazing. It's pretty cool. Well, thank you, uh, Isaac. It's so much fun to to draw these books. I I uh, love it more than anything. I'm currently working on the fourth book in the series. It's called Vamos. Let's go read. And it's going to be a fun, fun book as well. But um, yeah, so I was working on, on this series uh, with my characters. Um, and uh, I get an email from Jason Reynolds. And Jason was like, hey, Raul, um, I was wondering if you could uh, recommend to me some uh, cartoonists, some uh, people of color who are cartoonists who might be able to help me on uh, this new book series that I want to get off the ground. And so I sent him a list of, of amazing, some amazing uh, artists, but then at the bottom of, of, of the email I wrote, or Jason, I could draw it. <laughs> and he was like, man, I didn't want to ask because I know how busy you are but uh that would be awesome but just to let you know uh this is going to be a roller coaster and I was like well I don't really know what that means but you know what I I'm totally down I I want to hop on this roller coaster yeah. and so um within about the about within about an hour I had sent Jason this, by the way, these are pages from, from not finished pages. I don't know where the finished pages are, but these are uh, samples from Stunt Boy in the meantime. But within an hour, I was sending Jason um, concept drawings of, of the main characters and what I imagined the world could look like. And we were off and running, so we got in touch with our agents. We got a good contract in place. And then I found out what Jason meant by the roller coaster. Uh, I basically had to draw this entire book. You see how thick it is. I had four months to do, to, to do the entire book from beginning to end. And is four months like a, a long time or a short time to draw like that type of book? So... Uh, Isaac, I know you're not an artist, so you, you just told me earlier that you're a terrible artist. Is that right? I'm a horrible artist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is uh, this is 260 pages uh, of illustrations and three three months to do all of the final art. Yes, it's a very short time, short amount of time. It takes me. You, you just saw the Vamos book. It takes me about four months to illustrate this entire book. And this book is only 42 pages. So yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was an incredibly quick turnaround. I drew this book digitally. So that was kind of interesting because I don't really do a lot of digital work, but I drew this entire book 
just using my computer uh, just to speed up the process a little bit. But yeah, this book though, it was, it was like when I read it, I immediately knew that I, I had to draw it because um, I, f I felt like I understood um, Portico's headspace. Portico is a boy who, who uh, lives in an apartment building, first and foremost. This is the apartment building that he lives in. And so all of the stories contained within this book are, are contained within Skylight Gardens. And so all of the entire cast of characters are people that live with Portico within this building. And I, I immediately love that because I grew up in an apartment complex. I grew up in uh, Village Two Apartments in, uh, on Shadow Mountain Street. I lived there until I was about 12 years old. And I loved uh, the community that existed within that apartment complex you know there was uh there was my friend kenneth uh there was um this old lady named cecilia who lived who would watch us there was miss stanford there was all oh, uh cesar there was george the 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 super there was uh all sorts of interesting people you know and so I, I, I love that this was set in an apartment building. Another thing that I loved were uh, all of the cool people that lived within this apartment building. Like this guy right here, Mr. Mister. And Jason's writing, you know, when he's writing these, like, I'm going to quickly read this. And Portico knows all the characters, like Mr. Mister, who stands outside apartment 1B all day long, time and retying, and re-retying, and re-re-retying his shoes tighter and tighter each time. He does this because he's scared he'll leave his feet somewhere. And as long as he has on shoes, he knows he's still feeded, which is way better than being defeated. You know, those are people oh. that I, I love, you know, those those people who exist in our world who never have stories uh, written about them that, you know, for the most part are just passed by. And, and Jason has uh, so much insight and care for, uh, for, for these characters that I could not wait to to get into the the world and and figure out a way to bring these uh, these characters to uh, life in a in a way that complemented uh, Jason's uh, Jason's text. Um, so yeah, and then and then Portico um, he he suffers uh, from anxiety anxiety that you know kind of um at times um makes them overly nervous uh, keeps him from from being able to solve problems and as a kid i had severe anxiety i was a i, I was a nail biter you know i bit my nails uh throughout my entire childhood 
I was never diagnosed with anything, but I often wonder like, why was I always biting my nails almost to the nubs, you know? Uh, so I understood this, this, this like headspace that Portico had in, in, in interesting ways. And Jason asked me like, how was I able to capture all of these emotions in these characters? And well, it's because I kind of had some of them myself growing up. So it was a, it's a, it was a great, it's a great project to be a part of, uh, with with Jason and uh, I, I'm I'm you know honored to 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 be uh, creating these books with him. That, that that's amazing, and then the whole story and how it relates and everything too, just the illustrations, the story behind it. Um, that's what really makes a good book in my head is just the the amount of how, re how relatable you can get to a story and you know how you relate to the images and everything too. Um, I know we're running in a short a little bit on time here, but before I let you go last two questions I kind of wanted to ask you is just that general piece of advice you would give to any writer or illustrator or any artist in general that either came from you or somebody gave to you that you want to share what would that one piece of advice be well I you know I, I would say that um, art isn't a very uh, I would say that one of the best ways to 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 be an artist is to find your community you know i know that's what's made made me who i am is the community of artists that i work with um it was ne it never felt like a solitary process you know w working with elaine since i was a kid uh working with my artist collective uh having daily conversations about art and our dreams and what we hope to accomplish. Um, it has all helped, it has helped me to be very uh, willing to work with people and to understand that it's not just about myself and who I am, it's about the people that I surround myself with, you know? Um, and being open to working with people is something that will be very valuable through your life. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the reason why I work with Jason and with Kathy or with David Bowles or any of the other amazing writers, because I know that I'm going to learn a lot from what other people have to bring to the table and that together we can create something, um, awesome right so that's that's what i would say just have fun working with people absolutely and it's it's not it's not work if you're having fun so yeah exactly and so the last question is compared to where you're at now what is something you know now that you wish you would have known when you first got started yeah i don't know about that i don't know what that is uh, that would be um i'm kind of glad that i didn't know how how to make how to make it you know um, I, 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 I like the fact that, uh, it was just a big mystery to me, uh, and that I had to, I, I would say you just have to, you just have to take a chance, take chances on yourself. My friend, uh, uh, Kwame Alexander, who invited me to, to create these Vamos books, invited me to be a part of his imprint, Versify. He says the best investment you can make is an investment in yourself. And so 
yeah, take chances if if uh, take chances in 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 what you believe in, and uh, who knows what will come of it. Absolutely, I love that. I love that. Just taking the opportunity. It just, it just takes one opportunity. I tell everybody this: it takes one opportunity to just change your whole life. So exactly, just takes one. And so, just give yourself a quick shout out. You know, where can people find you? Where can people find your book? Where can they they reach out to things like that? Um. Well, you can find me on uh, Roll the Third on Instagram if you want to keep in touch with with sketches and things like that. You know, as for my books, uh, just type in Roll the Third, and you'll probably see Vamos books pop up. Uh, you might be able to find them at the Barnes and Nobles in Las Palmas or on Sunland. Absolutely, um, but definitely, I know that they're available uh, in uh, on Amazon. Yeah. So look for my latest Vamos, Let's Cross the Bridge. Yeah. And next week, you'll be able to purchase uh, Stunt Boy in the meantime by the amazing Jason Reynolds. That's awesome. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting myself a copy. Hopefully, if I get one signed by you, that'd be amazing. Um, yeah, I could send you a book plate or something. Awesome. Yeah, we'll work that out. I'm going to be in El Paso in December. So. Oh, absolutely. So then we'll catch up then. Yeah. So yeah. We'll catch up then. We'll shoot each other a message. But Daral, I want to thank you so much for being on the show, taking the time out of your day to be on here. And um, is there any last things you want to say? No, my friend. Uh, thank you, Isaac, for, for having me on. It's so nice to, to know that there are people like you in El Paso who are, uh, are, are showcasing the amazing talent that exists in the city. And I look forward to uh going through your Instagram page and discovering some of the amazing artists that, that live on the frontera. Awesome. I appreciate that, man. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go, but I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Hasta luego, Isaac. Thanks for tuning in. And if you haven't already, make sure you're following El Paso Creatives on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media. 